Welcome to Shas Illuminated. Please enjoy the following shear. Okay, I'm going to do three, not just three different divretaira today, but three different types of divretaira. The first two are connected to each other because, because one of them is, the first one is just a quick cheshbin, which is important to make. And, and then I'm gonna, we'll, we'll read a medrash together. And then we'll jump to the end of the parsha and learn a little lambdas. Okay? So, Parshas Lech Lecha begins with Avram Avinu traveling to Eretz Yisrael. Lech Lecha me'artzacha, umi me'iladetacha, umi be'isavicha. Let's go to right before that. Right before that is the very, very end of Parshas Noyach, where it records the birth of Avram and his siblings, and the last Pasuk in Parshas Noyach says, Vayu yimei terach, and the years of terach were chamei shanim umasayim shana, 205 years. Terach passed away when he was 205 years old. Vayomos terach becharon, and terach died in Charon. And then you go on to Parshas Lech Lecha, Vayamir Hashem el Avram, Lech Lecha me'artzacha. So it would seem that Terach died, and then Hashem told Avram, Lech Lecha me'artzacha. But that cannot be. Because if you make a Cheshven, and Rashi makes the Cheshven, and the Medrash makes the Cheshven, because if you make a Cheshven, it comes out that there's that there's a um, there's a tremendous discrepancy. How are you sure? There's a tremendous discrepancy because Terach was how old? Let's crunch some numbers, okay? Terach was how old when Avram was born? He was seventy. Terach was seventy years old when Avram was born. How old was Avram when he left Teretz Israel? 75. So 70 and 75 would mean that when Avram left Teretz Israel, how old was Charon? 145. How many years did he have left? Till 205? 60. 60. He had 60 years left. Okay? So Rashi says, I'll get more into the Medrash for my second uh, Dvar Torah. But for the point that I want to bring out now, Rashi says that the Pasuk is telling us that Terach died before he actually died because we did not want it to look like Avram abandoned his old father and left town for good. So therefore, so that it shouldn't look that way because he was following the Ratzin of Hashem, there's a Lushan in the Medrash that HaKadosh Baruch who says, I'm going to patter you from Kibbut Avaim, and I'm going to write, Vayomos Terach Becharon, and, and, uh, and Avram left. 
Okay, so that's why it says Vayam Astarach Bechar, but really he didn't die for another how many years? You say 60 years. Okay? Now here's the point that I wanted to make. Before we get into the, the you know, the, the Musr Machshava part of this, I just want to point something out to you, okay? Um, so, oh, this is perfect for Shagafai. So, so it was, so now Rashi doesn't say that Terach lived another 60 years. Rashi says, he was there for more than 60 years. Interesting. I would have just said he was there for 60 years. Okay, fine. So, you open up a medrash, which is Rashi's source, and the medrash is shocking. Amar of Yitzchak, he says it would need to be oid, you know how many more years? Shishim v'chamei shanim. There would need to be another 65 years of Terach's life. Which is very strange. Because if, again, if Avram was born when Terach was 70, and Avram left Eretz Yisrael and he was 75, so Terach was 145, he had only 60 years left. Because <clears throat> Terach passed away, he was 205. So why does the measure say that he had another 65 years? It's a good question, no? So it's a very, very, very important side. Okay, it's very, very important. Interesting, interesting um, uh, little memory that I have about this. Many years ago, I had the opportunity to edit the first four volumes of the Art Scroll Balaturim. And by the fifth volume, they threw me off because I was living in Waterbury already and I was busy with Bachram and I couldn't get anything done. But, but I did by Barashas through Bamidbar. And they tried me out first. Before the, I wasn't called an editor, I was called a reader. What they do is that they hire people, you know, they pay by the hour to read through the manuscript and, and there's just a comment when something doesn't hit you right. So that's what they gave me. So they gave me a few pages of Balaturim, Parshas, Lech Lecha. And the way that the author translated the Balaturim, I realized that he was not aware of the following point of the Seder Oilam. This is a famous sheet of the Seder Oilam, which is what the Medrash is referring to, and it's a good thing to know. And that is as follows. From the bris bein abesarim. Okay, let's start this. Let's start this way. The pasuk says in Parshas Bay <coughs> that Klal Yisrael left Mitzrayim after having been there for four hundred and thirty years. Do you know that it's such a pasuk? That Klal Yisrael had been in Mitzrayim for four hundred and thirty years. Is that how long they were in Mitzrayim? How long were they in Mitzrayim? For two hundred and ten years. What's 430 years? Okay, so we have to count. We know that from Leidas Yitzchak until Yitzchak Mitzrayim is 400 years. So what's 430 years? Says the Seder Eilat, it's from the Brisbane Absarim. From the Brisbane Absarim until Yitzchak Mitzrayim, from the time that it was said, in this week's parsha, 
Yodoya teida ki ger yiyaz aracha be'eretz loy lohem va'avodum ve'inuoizam arba meyaz shana that gzeira is the beginning of the 430 years. That gzeira happened 30 years before Yitzchak was born. Okay? Rabbi said. And there's your five years. That's right. How old was Avram Avinu when Yitzchak was born? 100 years old. Which means that by the Brisbane Absarim, how old was Avram Avinu? 30 years before that. 70. So could you explain the math to me? When he left Charon to go to Eretz Yisrael, he was 75. And then later in the Parsha, he turned 70? Because Dr. Hack and I would like to know how he did that. Says the Seder Oilam that Avram Avinu must have previously been in Eretz Yisrael before Lech Lecha happened. Lech Lecha was not something that happened once, Rabbi say. It's something that happened twice. And Ein Muktam Umochar by the time Avram left now to go to Eretz Yisrael, he had been to Eretz Yisrael before. And that's why the Medrash says there was another 65 years. And Rashi, the Mesek Lashayna, Rashi with his sweetness of his Lashon, he didn't want to create the confusion. <coughs> so he just said more than 60. But it's really five years more than 60. <coughs> I apologize for the coughing. Please bear with me. Okay, so that was Aleph. I wanted to point that out to you, that important piece of information. Important to know, no? <coughs> the Brisbane Absarim happened before the beginning of Parshas Lech Lecha. There are other shitas of how to work out the 430 years. Well, you don't have to say this, but this is what the Seder Oilam says. This is a, a coherent pshat through the, through the Parshas. Okay, now let's look a little bit more carefully at this fascinating chazal that makes my sensors go off. When you have a chazal where, like, it kind of looks bad that Avramavinu left before his father died, so let's just make believe his father died. Does that... 
Does that bother you a little? Like, we, we should not have to make believe. Avraham Avinu is leaving. And if it's the right thing to do, it's the right thing to do. Like, this, there's got to be something more here. Do you agree with me? Something, there's got to be something more here. If you read the Medrash carefully, there are simonim that there's something more here. I want to share with you tonight a chiddush and a raya to that chiddush that I think are astonishing and a big chizuk, a big practical chizuk. Okay, let's see what the Medrash says. The Medrash says that, first of all, the Medrash says, when it says that Terach died, even though it was 65 years early, you could still say that he's dead. Why? Because Rishayim, because Rishayim, afilu b'chayeyim, kruyim mesim. Because the rule is, Chazal have taught us that tzaddikim, their actions are so eternal that even b'misasun kruyim chayim, even when they're dead, they're considered alive. When a tzaddik passes away, even though he's not here anymore, but his, what he's put into the world and what he's put into Klal Yisrael is still li- living. Mazaroi b'chayim, afhu b'chayim. Rishayim are the opposite. Even while they're alive, they're w- the walking dead. They, uh, they are, uh, they're alive, but they're not alive. Because they're not <coughs> accomplishing chayim. They're not bringing life into the world. And that's what the Medrash says about Terach. And then it says that Avram Avinu was afraid. I should leave. It'll be a chilol Hashem. They'll say, He left his father and he disappeared when his father was old. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to him, I'm giving you a p'tur from Kibur Avaim. But I'm not giving anybody else a p'tur. And that's why it's going to say, Vayomos Terach Bechoron. So, let's think about this together. I think you'll reach the same conclusion as me. Okay? If HaKadosh Baruch Hu felt like in order to hide the fact that Avram Avinu was leaving, it justified saying Vayomas Terach Becharon before he actually died. So why do you have to say that Rishayim are considered dead when they're alive? Because once you do the math, you realize that he wasn't dead. And so? So then you have a keep it up, keep it up issue. Right, that you still have. That's a good question. There must have been some Tashkent fan. Later on in the Parsha, Rashi says that... Um, what, did he have more children? children. <coughs> <coughs> I'll talk about that, Which too. It has its own implications. Yeah. yeah. He, died, he died right before, like, a couple of years before the Akedah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<coughs> I'm so sorry. Two years earlier. What? Two years earlier. <coughs> <coughs> Just give me a second. Okay, so... I think that the reason why the Medrash had to say that Sadiqim, even when they're alive, they're called dead. Rishayim, even when they're alive, they're called dead, is because the Pasuk is saying something that's not true. The fact of the matter is that the Pasuk is making it seem like Terach was dead, and he was still alive. Do the math. So the Medrash is explaining that when it says, Vayomos Terach Becharod, there are dual meanings. In a sense, it's referring to his death that will take place in 65 years. But also, if you want to read the narrative as it's written, there's a meaning to that also, that Terach was dead because he was a Russia. And he was dead six years ago also. So. Thank you. That's a problem. So then nothing happened now. Right, so, so what must be? Let's just keep thinking. It must be that something happened now that made this death, quote-unquote, of Terach more... Deathly. Deathly. The only thing that happened was that they were on the way to Israel. So, okay. And then they never got there. Right. Okay. Oh, so this is the Nakuda. Okay? Hold this thought for a second. I want to get... I want to get to um, what Dr. Hack mentioned, that when Avramovinu passed away, the Lushen that Hashem told Avramovinu was that you are going to go back to your fathers. It says, um, Now if his father was a Russia, why would you tell someone he's going to go to where his father is? So, so, so the, so, the Ramban in the end of Parshas Noyach brings that Rashi says that perhaps Terach did tshuva. Okay? That's what he says. But there's another pshat. The other pshat that, and, it's, and maybe it's not a steer, but the other pshat that the Ramban says, oi, he says, or, <coughs> in addition to Rashi, Shem yesh haba, maybe Terach had a chelik in Olam haba, because he had such an illustrious son. It was a schus for him. He had such an illustrious son. So when I, when I, what? Right. So when, So when Hashem told Avram, you're going to go back to your fathers, it was informing Avram that he was Mizaka, his father, in a chelik and Olam Haba through his incredible Avaidah. That's what the Ramban says in the end of Parshas Nayach. Very, very interesting. Now, here's the machshava that I had to answer your kasha, which I think is a very important. 
The Pasuk says in the beginning of Parashas Lech Lecha, there's many levels of chizok here, okay? So we're really, I'm really giving out vitamins tonight, which I could really use, so, okay? There's many levels of chizok here. First of all, the Pasuk says in the beginning of Parashas Lech Lecha, Lech Lecha me'artzacha mimoyladtacha mibesavicha. Go to Eretz Yisrael from your land, from your birthplace, from your father's house. The Sfarim say that each one of those things, and there's many different variations of the Indian that the Sfarim say, <coughs> but they're all the same idea, that each one of those things were a big challenge for him, growing up in Terach's house, growing up in the land that he did, growing up in the birthplace that he did, however you divide Artzacha and Mailatacha. It was a place of Avaydazar, it was a place of Midas Ra'is, it was a place of challenges. And the journey from that background to Avram Oyhavai was quite a journey. And it took years. And Akadish Baruchu was telling Avram Avinu <coughs> to travel <coughs> from his father's house. Meaning what? Meaning. Don't be successful despite your challenges. Be successful as a result of your challenges. Don't just negate the things you've been through, but become the special person you are because of what you've been through. That's a different type of growth. When we've been through challenges and it forces us to develop strengths and perspectives, so then we... We have a different sense of things. We have a different sense of Avaydis Hashem, a different kind of relationship, a different sense of, of Mesiris Nefesh. We're, we're different people. So Hashem was telling, Lech Lecha mei artzacha, mi meilatacha, umi beisavicha. Now here's what's amazing. That would mean that Terach did serve a purpose for us. Terach created the challenge from... None of us want to be that purpose for our children, by the way. But Terach created the challenge from which Avram became Avram Avinu. Is that an accomplishment? Maybe not. But is it a purpose? It is a purpose. Right? It, it is a purpose. <coughs> <coughs> it's a little bit of excusing some abusive parenting. Uh, he did it's not about that. It's not about. It's not about his bechira. This is something Rav Dester talks about in the end of the first chelik of Mechtam Eliyahu. That whenever you have a Russia that negates his own life, <coughs> he still serves a purpose in terms of the nisayin that he creates for the people around him. We're not excusing him. He's just being used by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And as Rav Dessler says, you have a choice. You could step up and serve a tachlis, or you could give up and HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives you a tachlis. <coughs> so Terach the Russia, who created a house of Avodah as we know, was creating the place from which the Avram Avinu that was Hikar as Kainai grew. That was a purpose. So, so 
So then he's alive. When did he die? When Avram left. As soon as Avram left, there's no more purpose. Okay? And this is the Nakuda that I'm thinking of with the Ramban and the Rashi. And I think it's something really, really to focus on. So Rashi says, Terach did tshuva. And the Ramban says, the Ramban says, you know what it means that he got a chelik in Olam Haba? He got a chelik in Olam Haba because of his son. Yeah, very nice. He did everything he could to make his son to an Ebed Rabbi Dezar, and he got a chelik in Olam Haba because of his son. So I think, I want to be mechadesh, that the two pshatim work together. And this is a very important thing. Because what I am about to tell you is a secret that Rav Tzaddik writes somewhere. It's very, very important. The nature of Terach's tshuva is that when he recognized Hashem in the end of his life at some point, he was machnia himself to the purpose that he served in the Bria. In other words... Reb Tzaddik says this. Reb Tzaddik says, you did an Avera. So you want, need to do Tshuva. And you tell HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I'm so sorry for what I did. I have Charata. I am removing, with the Chesed of Tshuva, I'm removing my Ratzain from that Maisa. <coughs> I no longer choose that Maisa. Hashem gave us this incredible power that we could do it on the past. Did it happen? It happened. So if you didn't do it, who did it? Kaddish Baruch did it. Once you do tshuva, then you look back at it. Okay, now it's not Kaddish Baruch business. Now that's a very, very high madrega that you completely removed all of your bechira. That's a real tshuva. That's the highest levels of tshuva. But that could be what terach, what means the terach did tshuva, and that he got his chelik in Olam Haba in this chus of his son, because if in the end of his life he says to himself, what was my life worth? I was an Oyvin Avodah my whole life. At least this much. At least I served as the challenge that forged the great Avram Avinu. And if he was able to be makir, that he served that purpose, so then possibly he can get some zchus from the accomplishments that his son had. Okay. Why am I so mechuzik from this? Because I think in life, I think, I'm not even talking about tshuva necessarily, I think in life there's a midah to be discussed about something that we're not so good at because we like to control everything, and that is being machnia ourselves to the Ratz and Hashem. This is what Hashem wanted. And when, you, when a person has to deal with the mistakes of the past, you know, you know, as we get older, our file of regrets grows, you know, that's because we have more things to regret, you know. So we do tshuva on the, on the Averis that we did, and then we have to trust Hashem that he had a cheshbon for all of these folders of regret. And sometimes a person could spend years 
just with such intense charata, you know, Shua, you once told me about a guy that bought bitcoins. You remember? What? Yeah. Okay. So I'm imagining the following, okay? Me and him are sitting next to each other. And someone walks over and says, I have this great thing, bitcoin. You can buy them. They're going to make us rich. And I'm like, okay. Sounds like a scam. And he goes and he buys enough that today, from what you told me, he's quite a wealthy person. Okay. So now I'm sitting here, struggling to make ends meet, worrying when, like Shia Gross says, when there's too much month at the end of the money, and the guy is sitting living easy because he said yes when I said no. That could kill me. I was so stupid. I have such harata. I can't believe what I did. It was such a mistake. What was I thinking? I could get, do you see how that could tear me up? Could tear me up. And there are more significant decisions sometimes that we could feel harata for. There's a mahalach in life of being able to say, I acknowledge, I'm machnia myself, I, 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 um, I, I, I accept the role that Hashem gave me in the Bria. I accept that role, and it wasn't my role to do that. I noticed something about this cough. I keep stopping to cough. Okay? So I get this. Those of you that know me for a couple of years, I get this about twice a year, and it's very disturbing. It's very, very hard. I, I never know when it will hit. I gave a few shiurim today. It didn't happen, but now it's not letting me get through the shear. It. I don't know when it will hit. I started gagging while I was driving today. It was very difficult. People next to me probably wondering why I was crying. There were tears running out of my eyes just from coughing. I tried to keep my eyes open on the road. When I was younger, I would be very frustrated this week. Very frustrated. I would be very upsetting every share. And I'd be very embarrassed and very angry because I have a job that depends on being able to talk. And I can't talk. Can you, can you imagine that frustration? And one of the things that I find that helped me be able to stay in a good mood, which I'm in a great mood now, even though I'm coughing, is learning how to just accept this is my chalik. There are worse things, you know? This is okay. This is my chalik. To accept it. It's a certain midah of being able to, to be machnil, like, like the hakone hazeh, right? Like the reed. It's able to be knocked down from the wind and then just come back, come back up again. There's such a thing on the past of being able to just be machnia to the Ratzin Hashem. So that was the chizuk that I got. Besides for the fact that Avram Avinu became Avram Avinu, not despite his challenges, but because of his challenges, which is something that we could all connect with, but Terach did tshuva. I think I have good rayas here. That Terach did tshuva, and part of his tshuva was accepting the role that he played in the in the development of Klal Yisrael. Being machnia, okay, he, he did tshuva. You can't change the past, 
Okay, but now I will accept that I serve the role in Hashem's Bria. And there's a, there's a mile to that. Interesting, no? Okay, that's base. Let me tell you, Gimel, I thought I might have to stop, but now I'm feeling a little more kayach. So I'm going to tell you Gimel, which is a totally... So the first thing was a numbers vart. The second thing was a machshava musr vart. And now I want to tell you a lamdas vart. At the end of the parsha, Kaddish Baruch Hu appears to Avram Avinu and says, Hesalech lefanai samim. And be whole. What did, he, what did he mean by that? So whatever, there's many, many perushim of samim, but the pashtas was, get a bris mila. This was the beginning of the parsha of mila. Get a bris mila. You're not whole until you have a bris mila. How does Avram Avinu react? Avram falls on his face. Why does Avram fall on his face? Because he didn't have a bris mila. That's what Rashi says. Because Ad Mo, because until he had a bris mila, he couldn't, he couldn't stand up in front of Hashem. When I was very young, I was machadesh. I think this is pashat. It's nice to have a word that you said when you were young and you still like it. You know, um, I was, um, when I say young, I mean like yeshiva katana. I said, that's why B.K. Shlamoid, in the beginning of next week's Parsha, it says that Avram Avinu wanted to stand up when Hashem appeared to him. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, sit. B.K. Shlamoid, Why did he want to stand up so badly? Because the last time you appeared to me, I couldn't stand because I was an Ural. And it was Vayipol Avram Alpanov. So what's the first thing you want to do when Hashem appears to you after a brismila? Kasha is, what about all the times Hashem spoke to Avram Avinu before Vayibal Avram Alpanev? How come it doesn't say, how come it doesn't say when it says, Hashem Avram, Lech Lecha Me'artzecha Me'latzecha Me'vesavicha, Vayibal Avram Alpanev. Interesting, no? It doesn't say it until then. So I want to tell you what I, what I thought a bunch of years ago. I wanted to connect this to a very, very interesting Dvar Torah. I'll tell you two interesting halachas. There's a halacha that if you have, um, let's say, a hadas, shaniktam roishay, okay, so the top of a hadas got chopped off. So it's possible. If it's also by tomorrow, Right, if a flower grows on it, so it's not considered nikdam roshe anymore. So then you could use it to shake a lulav. Okay, but if it's also by tomorrow on yantif, it's too late. Once the zman ha mitzvah comes, if it's nikdam roshe, it's nikdam roshe. It has to be sholem when the zman ha mitzvah arrives. Fair. Okay. What happens? If it grows back on the night of Yantif, are you, do you shake a lulav at night? No. A night lulav a lila. What? So, uh, so what happens if it grows back at night? It doesn't work. It's considered this bana mitzvah. Okay? Another example. Another example. Um, a kayan. A kayan who doesn't have a bris is not allowed to eat truma. 
An oral is not allowed to eat truma. Now, when a baby was born in those days, if you know the Gemaras, when a baby was born, they used to rub the baby with oil. So if you have a two-day-old baby, can you take truma oil and rub it on him? He's a kind. The answer is yes. The Gemara says in Yuvamis and Paraka Oral, that you can. Why? He's not an Oral yet. Why is he not an Oral yet? Because it's not the time of the mitzvah. All right, so Frank the Yerushalmi, what about the night before the eighth day? Could you do it then? Yerushalmi says you can't. You can't do it. And that's what, uh, that's what, that's what he's talking about when he talks about this man of mitzvah. My favorite line to explain this Yisrael is a Rashi in Chagiga. I'm not going to get into what Rashi's talking about because it's very late. But Rashi says, talking about Karbanois, Rashi says, Ein chisaren zman. He's talking about the idea of bringing Karbanois, that you also can't bring Karbanois at night. Ein chisaren zman karbanois of machar. It's not a chisaren zman. It's considered if you have to bring a carbon on day eight or day eighty, let's say for yeledes or whatever it is, when you have to bring a carbon, when the night is there, the zman is there. It's not a chisaren zman. It's the zman of the mitzvah. Zok Rashi elo shehalayla meakvay milahavi. The night holds you back. It's like the night of the eighth day is really the zman of Mila, but you don't have a knife. You say it's not the zman because I don't have a knife? No, it's the zman, I just don't have a knife. You can't do Mila when it's nighttime. When it's nighttime. It's a, it's, it holds you back, it's the zman. But, but in order for it to be, in order to be able to do Mila, it needs to be daytime. That's what it needs, that's what it needs. But you see that there's a concept that it's the zman, and you can't do it yet, but it's the zman. So I was thinking that that's the gather of Avram Avinu in this week's parasha. He couldn't do the bris milah. He didn't know what to do. He had never been told to do bris milah. But as soon as Hashem told him, Heyei Samim, what did Avram find out? That he's an oral. Vayipol Avram Alpanov. Okay, now what should I do? Yeah, you're an oral. How could you call me an oral? I don't even know what to do. Yeah, because it's, it's now, now that you know you're an oral, there's man mitzvah. Okay, now we have to give you the kalim to be able to do the mitzvah. If you open a meshachachma on that pasuk of Ayipul Avram Alponav, he says, Ayin Yerushalmi Yevamis, about the kayin on the night of the eighth day. So I think that's what, it, that's what he's referring to. Yashikaya, thank you for bearing with me that we could learn together even though I'm coughing. I appreciate it. Yashikaya. You have been listening to a shear from ShasIlluminated.org. For other shearim on many topics, or to hear an Eon shear on any Dauphin Shas, including Myra McClaimus on each shear, please visit www.ShasIlluminated.org. To order CDs or for more information, please call 203-312-SHAS. That's 203-312-7427. Or email... Info at shasilluminated.org.